How many times have you said to yourself, I'm going to succeed, and yet you keep coming up short? You probably notice that high achievers with heart do things differently, but you just can't put your finger on it. You're curious about why high achievers accomplish more and have more satisfying relationships. It's because success is the result of your mindset and the consistent actions you take. This show is designed with your success in mind. By revealing these powerful patterns of our dynamic individuals and guest experts, you can model what they do and apply to your future success now. Let's roll up our sleeves and get started. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And that is right. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Here are the golden nuggets. You better be ready. Success patterns are more valuable than ideas. Let me explain. Ideas, while very powerful, require trial and error and a lot of time to put into action. Just think about manufacturing. First, you have an idea, then a proof of concept, then a working prototype, then you go into small production batches, and finally, you go into full-scale production. This takes months, maybe even years. And you may have met some people who are collectors of ideas, but they do little else. Forget everything you've heard about ideas. You're not looking for ideas. You're looking for success patterns. Success patterns are different. Success patterns are better. Why? Success patterns are proven, have a logical sequence of steps to follow, have an action imperative, and deliver consistent results. In this content-rich program, you're going to learn valuable success patterns because we have a special guest as we have every week. And today we're going to talk about the invisible patient. Our guest expert who's here today, all the way from Florida, her passion is being proactive, being a proactive senior care planner. And that stems from her childhood experiences, caring for her grandparents alongside her parents. Her firsthand understanding of the toll that caregiving can take on families inspired her to become a nationally recognized expert in the field of senior care planning. And she founded both CareRight and CareRightU to provide specialized training and consulting to caregivers. Her name is Annalie Kruger, and she's a licensed social worker, a certified family mediator, and has published a book titled The Invisible Patient about the challenges faced by family caregivers. So ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome with a warm, warm success patterns welcome, Annalie Kruger. Annalie! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Hello! It's so good to have you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Listen. Um, your background is pretty strong and, and, and it seems to be your entire purpose and passion for life as you're caring for your own family members. Um, tell me about what, what that, what did that look like? How did that feel? How old were you when you started being that caregiver and, and starting to plan more around that? So great question. So I've actually been surrounded by elderly loved ones my whole life. So my my grandparents moved in with us when we were when I was young. Um, now that was in the 70s. And that's 
you definitely, we didn't have independent living and assisted living back then. It was either if you couldn't function and thrive at home, you ended up in a nursing home. And that's just not where anybody wants to go. So fortunately, we have a, a large farmhouse and my dad's dad and my mom's mom, who were both widowed, um, moved in with us when we were growing up and they, and we just took care of them. My grandmother, my mom's mom, had totally different needs than my dad's dad. My mom's mom needed actual hands-on care and help with her medications and bathing and dressing and grooming. My dad's dad just needed the socialization and some routine to his day. So I saw two very different aging journeys. And I saw how the commitment to take care of aging loved ones um, can get overwhelming as their needs change or as you have changes that happen to you and your own family. Like when we took our aging grandparents in, um, not long after that is when my oldest sister went missing when she was in college and she was on the missing persons list and all of this kind of stuff. Cause we were, you know, she just, she, we don't know what happened to her, but we had already committed to taking care of the grandparents. And so I saw how I saw firsthand how just, commitment and then having a family tragedy. Um, you, you still have to honor your commitments, right? And so I knew when I was nine, because all of this happened when I was in like third grade. And so I knew when I was nine that I was going to be doing this. I just didn't know what it was called back then because I was a little girl. So, but that's, that's what, that's what formed me into wanting to go into social work and long-term care and eventually uh, working with families all across the country and my own company to help families identify what their care options are and, and prevent that caregiver burnout from taking care of mom and dad and taking care of mom and dad and doing those things because you want to and not because you feel forced into it or because you have to. Right. Yeah. Who? What, what incredible work that you do. And I would assume, you know, on, on your, on your side where you are growing up, taking care of your loved ones um, and helping other people, helping care of their loved ones or guiding them to where they can be ready to help loved ones. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that takes real strategy that takes real deep planning. And if someone doesn't plan or if someone fails to plan, yep. there is a quick burnout. And I'm pretty sure that whoever's watching maybe on some level can relate to that kind of burnout. Right. How do you deal with burnout like that? And have you experienced oh. burnout like that? Oh, certainly. So here's so here's the thing. I started Care Right Incorporated in 2011 because every I was a social worker in long term care and care continuing communities. So all the communities that have independent living all the way down to skilled nursing and rehab. And every day, part of my job was to always do the tours when these families would come in because mom fell, she broke her hip, she's in the hospital, kids come home and they're like, oh my gosh, she's, you know, she's the caregiver to dad with dementia. He's not safe to be home by himself, but we're supposed to be with mom at the hospital. And what do we do? So these families were always coming in to tour the care communities and they were totally blindsided by this crisis. The tour would take about an hour, but I was spending two and three and sometimes four hours at a time with each family because they had so many questions 
or there were family dynamics that were like, you know, my, my mom wasn't good to me. And here I am trying to figure out making care decisions for her. And I don't even have a good relationship with her. Or I promised dad I would take care of mom. And here we are trying to find a place for her. Right. So in 2011, I was like, there's got to be a better way here instead of always crisis reaction. I've never in my now 30 year career ever, ever had a family ever come back to me and say, gosh, Anna Lee, I felt really confident making decisions in the midst of a crisis. Mm -hmm. So when I left corporate America, and quite honestly, I was going to get fired if I didn't quit anyway, <laughs> because I, I got, I kept getting written up because I was spending too much time with the families and they didn't like mm -hmm. that. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> they didn't like that. I was spending the time that these families needed. And so I left corporate America, started my own consulting company in 2011 and went virtual right away because back then, you know, in 2011, you know, families don't live near each other. And so you got mom and dad in Tucson, Arizona, but their four kids live in four different states. And so I, I went virtual right away um, to help these families um, when they see the writing on the wall with mom and dad, hospitalizations, you know, urinary tract infections, falls, weight loss, caregiver burnout, those are red flags that that should indicate to you we need to figure out what we're going to do as a family. We don't get better and healthier and stronger as we age. <laughs> it's the other way around. So you should know that if you have aging parents, you're going to have to have an aging plan if you want to have the best care, the best quality of care, and the best family outcomes so that you don't end up getting burned out, overwhelmed, and then resentful towards your parents and towards your siblings. Oof. Yeah. That resentment, right? I think we 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 can relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, well, the, is, the sad oh. thing is, it's, it's hard. You know, the sad thing is there's a statistic out there that says that 58% of adult kids like you and me get thrust into the role of family caregiving because there's a medical crisis, a stroke, a fall, a, you know, the primary caregiver passes away and now you've got mom who needs care and dad passed away. So what do we do? So 58% of adult children get thrust into the role of family caregiving without ever having any kind of family meeting. So when, when we talk about like when I was working in long-term care and I had all these questions, you know, and the families weren't able to answer simple questions that I asked, does your, do your parents have long-term care insurance? Is your dad a vet? Do they, are they a full code or do not resuscitate? Do they have their funeral arrangements taken care of? The responses were almost always the same. Our, I don't know. Our family never talks about stuff like that. But then there were like this many, like this teeny tiny percentage of families who would say, you know, Anna Lee, we tried to get all of this information from mom and dad, but they gave us so much pushback that we quit trying. And here we are now in a crisis. And now we have to have these difficult conversations at the worst possible time. You know, what What, what comes up for me, um, and it's again, it's such important work that you do when we send our kids to school. I don't know if you have kids, but I, I have two, right? It's been a while that I've sent them to school. But when we send them to school, there's a whole intake process. There is a, you know, mom and dad go to the school. We have to bring immunization records and, you know, this information and that information and this clearance and this help and that financial aid and got all of these things. Wouldn't it be great if we would have a process like that 
for our aging parents? You know, it's funny you bring that up because I say this literally every day. We spend our entire life planning, right? So if you have, you know, we plan from a young age. If we know we want to, like, I knew I wanted to be a social worker. So I knew what I had to do to get into social work school, right? <laughs> and so and I knew what kind of person I wanted to marry. So I made myself a, the most desirable person that I could be who could be a good life partner. You know, we spend our whole life, where are we going to live so our kids can get the best school? And if I know I want to be a social worker, what do I have to do to get that degree and stuff like that? So we spend our whole life planning. We plan for retirement. We plan for vacations. But it boggles my mind that we don't do, it just doesn't naturally come to us to say, oh, we have aging parents. We should probably put an aging plan in place so that when dad falls or when mom has her next stroke or, you know, mom has a progressive disease like Parkinson's or dementia, we should probably know all about that disease and figure out, okay, what care needs do they need now? What are their future care needs? Where are they at financially? Because Medicare doesn't pay for this. So how are we going to pay for that? And that's the stuff that we go through with our families because they don't know what they don't know. When they come to us, they're so, so misinformed. So many of them think that Medicare is going to pay for everything, all the care needs that they their parents need. And then when they find out that a nursing home could be $16,000 a month for one parent, they're like, well, Medicare pays for that. I'm like, no, it does not. <laughs> it does not pay for that. That's out of pocket. And they're like, oh, what? <laughs> you know, and so it's really, you know, the value of of working with that professional, like, like what we do is you there's so much information that you have to know because you can't expect someone to make informed, smart decisions off of wrong information. Right. Or, or families will say, well, you know, assisted living or nursing home, you know, as if it's the same thing. And those are two entirely different levels of care. <laughs> and so so part of what we have to do, a big part of what we have to do is really education so that then they can make informed decisions and understand that why it's why it's important to have that plan be in place for if the time comes that mom and dad can't stay at home. Where do where does it make sense for them to live so that you can properly advocate for your parents as they age? And what do they actually qualify for as far as like these different care levels? Um, they have to financially qualify. They have to physically, cognitively and behaviorally qualify to move into these different care communities. And unfortunately, what happens is families wait so long to help them age in place at home that now they've burned through all of their money on home care and now they don't qualify to get into a quality care community or now dad is too sick to um, and too feeble and too frail to be able to get into assisted living or too demented to get into assisted living. And now he's either moving into a memory care facility, which is more expensive, or a nursing home because he, he doesn't meet assisted living criteria anymore. So it's just really educating those families about all things aging and dementia and caregiver burnout. Yeah. And, and as you're speaking, we're getting some messages here, you know, wish I'd had known this very valuable information about a year ago. So it's constantly, it's not just a one-off, it's constantly no. happening to families constantly. Right. right. And, and he's saying there's a lot of stuff to deal with. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't know this, that vets don't get housing assistance unless they're served during right. a time of war. Right. Yeah. And that's what I mean is families don't know what they don't know. And so they make really um, 
poor, <laughs> they make really poor decisions because they don't know what they don't know. Whereas if, yes, it's going to cost money to work with a professional, but it's going to save you the learning curve and, and save you potentially thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of, of dumb mistakes because you just didn't know, you know, and that's why I do a lot of these different podcasts and speaking engagements. That's why I wrote the book to help educate families to say, look, you don't have number one. It's scary to have aging parents, especially when they start failing. You don't mm -hmm. have to go through this alone and let's work together to make those informed decisions so that they can have the best quality of life, the best quality of care so that they are safe, so they are happy and so that you can just be the son or the daughter or the wife instead of the primary caregiver, right? And you said, you know, they make poor decisions and the poor decisions are often made by or through scarce through scarcity mentality, thinking I cannot afford that. But they don't even see the bigger scheme of things because they don't have the knowledge, as you said. And that's where you and your team come in. Mm -hmm. um, so your book that you wrote is called The... Yep. The Invisible Patient, The Emotional, Financial, and Physical Toll of Family Caregiving. So you can you can probably guess that in 30 years of working with families, I've worked with literally thousands of families with every predicament is a variation of the same thing, but the family dynamics are different, right? So we've I have helped thousands of families country sort out what what care options and and help these families get back on track with their relationships with each other because by the time they come to me they're really burned out and overwhelmed and it's there's a lot of angst in within the mm -hmm. family so when i wrote the invisible patient it's really how to plan ahead to save time money and stress so it's a thick book i'm not gonna lie but it's thick because it's like size 16 font right because older people are going to be reading this as well but it's chock full of bullet points, how to's, scripts on how to facilitate your own family meeting. So it's at least a starting point so that if you're listening to this show or this podcast and you have aging parents, you can say, you know, mom and dad, I was listening to this show about aging and family caregiving and, and dementia, and it really got me thinking that we haven't really had any type of conversation about this, but we don't know what we don't know. And it's intimidating and scary to have these conversations. So why don't we why don't we connect with CareRate and see how they can help us? It's it's worth a free cons free to you <laughs> families consult to just see what's going on with your family, your loved one. But if there's red flags of weight loss, family caregiver, you know, if you're if your mom is taking care of your dad with dementia and she just looks tired and frazzled and exhausted or says, I just don't know what to do with your dad anymore. Take heed because we know that the primary caregiver who's elderly has a 65% mortality rate. And it's most of it is because they're burned out family caregivers, but nobody paid attention to the signs. So if you're listening to this and you have aging parents and your dad is the caregiver to your mom or vice versa, know that if something happens to that primary caregiver, they die, have a stroke, have a mental breakdown. Um, what's your plan? Then, you, then you're going to find yourself in crisis. And then you're not, unfortunately, because you found yourself in crisis without a plan, your, your parents aren't going to get the best possible care and the best possible outcomes. You have all of this knowledge, and this is such an important conversation. With all of the knowledge, I'm going to hand you a imaginary wand, like a magic wand. What are you going to 
do when you wave it? I would wave it on every single family member because caregiving and aging can be a positive experience when you have enough supports in place, when your family has an actual strategy of, okay, if dad has another stroke or mom falls again, this is what we're going to do as a family. This is who we're going to use for home care. This is where we're going to go when, you know, this is the care community that we want to move into when, um, when it's not working for mom and dad to stay at home. We've already been pre-qualified. We've already toured. We've already put ourselves on the waiting list. So if I had a magic wand, <laughs> it would be to tap the heads of every single family to say, we've got to, we have to do better at putting a plan in place so that our family and our aging parents can have the best possible outcomes. Because if you don't and you get that medical crisis, that crisis phone call, my most of my sons and daughters share that they have spent fifty minimum of fifteen thousand dollars out of pocket just on airfare the year before they retained us to put an aging plan in place. Because when you get that crisis call that dad fell again and you have to be, you know, wherever he lives that next day to meet with the doctors and the hospital staff, airfare is not sixty nine dollars on the frontier. It's twelve hundred, and that's just one way. That's not including the time away from work or the spouse who says, look, I love your parents, but this is the fourth crisis flight you've had to pay for. And it's affecting our family budget now, or you're not mentally or physically available or emotionally available for your own family because you're always waiting for that next shoe to fall when dad falls again and you get that crisis call. So, I mean, it's really a, it's a really, you know, it's a challenge that so many people are in, but it doesn't have to be a terrible experience if we can, especially if we can catch these families sooner rather than later. But unfortunately, 92% of my clients come to me in crisis mode where things are terrible. Really things are quite terrible. And that's, you know, if we could catch these families when they're starting to see the writing on the wall and the red flags with their parents, obviously the planning fee is much cheaper because we're not doing this at the 11th hour and people are still getting along, you know, and, right. and working together that way. Because the, the tone of the family meetings from a proactive family versus a crisis family are night and day different, as you can imagine. I imagine. Right. Yeah. Wow. The cool thing, too, is once we get that plan in place, then we're like, okay, here's the plan that we all talked about. Who's going to implement it? Or do you want CareRight to then make those referrals and get the home care started or align up those tours or get you started with your, you know, with your grab and go binder, you know, to get all of your important documents in order? Or do you want us to do your patient advocacy where we check in with your parents twice a week, wherever they live, as long as they have a phone or an internet and say, how are you doing? Are you getting enough to eat? What challenges have you had this week? Or if they're in a facility, we have them check their call light. Last week we did, we did call light audits on Mondays and Tuesday of last week with all of our clients. The longest call light response was an hour and 38 minutes. So families, you know, you can't assume that just because you're entering the healthcare system that you're going to get properly taken care of and that your concerns are going to be properly responded to. And that's why we do the advocacy, the planning, the care coordination and patient advocacy and family, family advocacy as well. So it's a full service concierge model. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Brian says our entire lives were put on hold and it was so all consuming, not just time consuming. 
for not just a month, but several months straight. And that, that costs energy, that costs time, that costs money, all of the resources that we have available. That's what that costs. And if you can be proactive, um, it's so beneficial for everyone involved. There's, there's peace of mind in that and peace of mind. You can't even put a price tag mm -hmm. on that now, Annalise. So say someone is proactive and they come to you. Will you just quickly, you know, outline the steps, the first steps that you're going to walk them through? Well, the first steps is all is depending on which package, but say they want the comprehensive package because we have some packages where they feel they're confident that as a family, they have everything worked through, but they're like, okay, but where are mom and dad going to live? So we just do that care matrix where we do all the market research for the families and then outline different care facility options for them. Um, but, but if they do the bulk of the other packages, it's really us facilitating the family meetings. We have, we have a whole process that we use so that there's no stone left unturned. So what's working well, what's not working well, we do round robin, like one of the first steps, depending on how they come to us. If, if, if they are a pro, what we consider a proactive family, um, then it's, it's a lot easier for everybody, but we get everybody's input. Like, what do you think is working well with your parents? What's not working well? We also, we have a separate call with mom and dad to get their perspectives because their perspectives are going to be very different than what the adult kids perspective is. But before we bring mom and dad into the zoom mix, so to speak, I don't know what the family dynamics are until I'm in that family meeting and no parent wants to hear or see their kids fighting about them in front of them, whether it's on Zoom or in the living room. Yeah, so yeah. first step is have that sibling, like that, that adult kids family meeting first, bring in mom and dad, and then we regroup and say, here are the pros and cons of aging in place at home. Like we know that moms and dads want to age in place at home, but they don't really know what that costs. And the pros and cons of, okay, what's the plan when that caregiver doesn't show up for their shift? Or, mm -hmm. you know, dad gets COVID again and now no, none of the home care workers are going to come in. So who's going to take, you know, two weeks off work to, to live with mom and dad to take care of them? So we talk about the pros and cons. And it's just really a lot of education in those family meetings while we're doing discovery and putting that family aging plan in place. But they're all customized because everybody comes to us with a different, different need. Right. Yeah. So there's a there's a clear intake process for oh, you yeah. to evaluate and determine what are the next steps. Mm -hmm. What yeah. are you like? Um, who who would you if, if if I would give you a room and I and I would say, Emily, you can invite anyone from now uh, or, you know, living or non living from from the present or from the past. Who would you invite in that room and who would you interview? and why okay well okay so tony robbins is i'm a huge fan of tony robbins he's built something so he's built such a massive empower and he's touched so many so many people's lives and made them you know from start to finish successful right and so and that's where i'm heading with my business too is to be the tony robbins of aging planning internationally because this caregiving issue and aging parents issue isn't just a temporary thing this is going to be this is a long-term a long-term arena to be in and so tony robbins is where i'm heading 
so that I can touch these families' lives or my company can touch these families' lives all across the country. And they'll have the peace of mind knowing that they'll have the best outcomes because they have that aging plan. But I want that Tony Robbins um, brand awareness, I guess, if you say. Yeah. And that mindset. Wow. That's beautiful. So, so Tony, as you're listening to this, reach out to Annalie. I I'll make sure, cause I said, I'll, I'll make sure that we get a room. Um, and we have a, a room here at the training center, so we can, we can totally set that up. Tony, pay close attention. Um, before I let you go and what an incredible, important conversation this is today. Uh, how do people get your book? Yeah, so they can actually um, email me if they want to. Um, and I think you've got my email address up there. So they can email me and you can just put, you know, want your book. Um, so they can they can do that. They can also order it directly off of Amazon. But the problem with Amazon is I don't know who orders it. They don't send us a list of like, these these are the people that bought your book. So I have no way to follow up with you. So my, my request is because I'm all about the relationship, right? So, so just send me an email and say, heard you on a podcast or whatever, and then we'll follow up. We'll, we'll schedule a call with you and just kind of talk through what's going on with you. What, why did you reach out? And then we'll send you a book, a complimentary copy of The Invisible Patient. Beautiful. So get get the invisible age, um, invisible, not agent, the invisible invisible patient there we go patient i was like agent wait a minute i got something wrong the invisible patient send an email subject line success patterns show um to annalee a-n-n-a-l-e-e at carewriteinc.com so annalee at care c-a-r-e-r-i-g-h-t-i-n-c all one word dot com annalee at carewriteinc.com Dot com And I'm pretty sure someone put it in the chat box in the comments as well. Um, and then, Annalie, before I let you go, go, you came bearing gifts even better. I, I did, actually. The book. <laughs> so, the book and the 30-minute consult. And I, I totally appreciate how it, how it takes courage to talk to a total stranger about personal things like how you feel about being a family caregiver. And it's not always a warm, fuzzy feeling being a family caregiver, especially depending on where you are in your caregiver journey. I, I appreciate that it takes courage to do that. But I also want you to know you don't have to go through this whole aging, dementia, entire process by yourself. And we are here as a resource to help families. So my freebie is, again, reach out, um, send me an email, and success patterns show, and then we'll get you lined up with a free book. So even if you decide that on that consult, you don't want to work together, you're not quite ready yet. Um, that's fine. Cause you'll still get the book and you know, you'll get value out of the book as well. So that's my offer. Yeah. Great resources. So get your complimentary 30 minute consultation with Anna Lee. Just simply go to www.speaktoannalee.com. So speak S-P-E-A-K-T-O-A-N-N-A-L-E-E.com. Speak to Annalie.com. That's where you're going to get a, a hold of her or simply send an email to Annalie at carewriteinc.com. Annalie, one last parting word or phrase. What would you leave us with? Um, one mistake families make is that they always think they have more time 
to get these conversations started or more time before dad has another stroke or more time before that dementia progresses to figure out what they're going to do as a family. And they don't. You don't have the time you think. So if you have aging parents or you're aging and you don't want to end up being too much of a concern for your for your adult kids, um, we need to talk. So time um, is not on our side. Time is not on our side. With that being said, guys, I'm going to leave you with that. There is going to be another time, same time, same place for the Success Pattern Show next Tuesday. Until then, get with Annalie. Make sure that you find her on all the social media. She's mm -hmm. an incredible resource. Make sure that you stay in touch with her. Thank you for tuning in to the Success Pattern Show. Until next week, see you then. Ciao and bye for now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and you will... Notice opportunities to apply success patterns daily while eagerly anticipating next week's content-rich success patterns.